Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. This is why I'm going to tell you, we had one of the young men that had been playing on, on our team uh, this, this past week, uh, lives over in the apartments where we do so much of our outreach and uh, his, I, I think it was his mom and his aunt got into an argument. Is that right? Yeah, they got into an argument. I guess it uh, was in the in the apartment. Then they moved outside, and ultimately, um, the uh, argument stopped. And the mom went back in the house, and the aunt shot into the house, and uh, would have hit one of our little boys that plays on our team. And uh, his brother pushed him out of the way, and he got shot in the leg. Uh, how many of y'all know that's not normal? That may be normal at your house, but that ain't normal at my house. Okay? That's what we're trying to help our young men to understand is they can have better than that. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be normal. And so we're loving on them and embracing them. And I appreciate our coaches and all of our volunteers that make that happen, that help us to reach out to them. Amen? Would you give them a big hand? They're working hard this weekend. Yeah. They're right smack dab in the middle of a tournament. And uh, we're, we're proud of them. Well, in, in kind of light of that and with that thought in mind, I, I just need to tell you, I, I hate to start a series off uh, on bad news, but I, I think I'm going to have to be the bad news bearer of this morning. I'm going to bear some bad news to you. The, the bad news is that Leave It to Beaver uh, left. Uh, it's over. Uh, Mayberry is nothing more than a distant memory. I'm going to tell you. Uh, the Waltons have finally said goodnight. It's over. The day has changed. The climate is not what it was. Anybody understand what I'm saying? The day that we live in, this modern age that we live in, is entirely different than the day I grew up in. Anybody leave their door unlocked at night anymore? Not on your life. Uh, Leave your bicycle just laying out in the front yard anymore? No, 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 no. It's a different day. It is a different day. What we're realizing is that we live in a modern age. And this modern age wants to do more than just impact our families. This modern age wants to define family. Y'all don't help me while I'm already preaching good. The, the, The modern age that we live in has so changed and the value system has become so warped that now they don't just want to influence your family. They want to literally define what your family is going to be. And so what we need to understand is that although it's unfortunate that we'll never be able to go back to Mayberry, I I, I hate to break that to you, it will never be like it was again. It will never be like the Waltons experienced it. It will never be like that again. And I understand that, and that is unfortunate. But even though I understand that, I also want to tell you that, that in order for us to be able to live the life and the family that God wants us to be, We've got to learn how to deal with today. We have to learn. We can't just rail and say we wished it was like it was yesterday because it ain't never going to be like it was yesterday. Yesterday is gone. What we've got is today and in the future. And so we've got to learn principles and truths that will help us because, see, I believe that even in a modern age, there are some old truths that still apply. Y'all don't help me. I don't need your help. I know I'm telling the truth. Even in, even in a modern age, there are old truths that if we will grab hold of them, we can apply them into our present day situations. Now, 
There are some basic beliefs. There, there are two things that we have to come to agreement on. If we're going to make it through this series, it's three weeks long, and it's going, I, I believe it's going to be powerful. I think it's important. But in order for us to make it through this series, we got to be on the same page. All right, we we, we got to understand a couple, three, three things, three things, two or three things. Number one is this: I need you to understand that marriage and family matters to God, and more specifically, your marriage and your family is important to God. You got to know that. We got to agree on the fact that not only did he institute the first marriage and not only did he put the first family together, we've got to come to this understanding that God is intricately involved in our marriage and family right now. Now, the problem with that is, is that there are some days that we recognize him at work in our life more than other days. Anybody been there? I know y'all got the perfect family life, but there are certain days in my house where I see God working and then there are other days I'm going, where? Where'd you go, God? Deal with him. I'm about to kill him. Deal with him. Y- y- y'all don't have those kind of days. But, but, but you got to know that even on days that you don't see him, you got to know that God is, he's right smack dab in the middle of your house and he's, in, he's concerned and he loves you and he wants what's best for you and your family. Okay, we got to understand that. You got to understand. The second thing that we got to understand is this, is that happily ever after, doesn't have to be a fairy tale. <laughs> but it does, okay, I'm going to cuss in church, all right, here we go. Happily ever after doesn't have to be a fairy tale, but it does require hard and consistent, here you go, you ready? Work. It's a four letter word, it's a cuss word to most of us. We just think we're going to stumble into a perfect marriage. Anybody ever stumble into perfect marriage? I, I, yeah, okay, I, don't, don't testify too loud, right? Don't shout me down because no, you know you're going to get killed when you get home. None of us stumble into a perfect marriage. It requires hard and consistent work. None of us stumble into perfect families. I know y'all think that every family sitting around you, if my family could just be like their family, you didn't know what they did to one another in the car this morning on the way here. They about kill one another. It's hard work. Yeah, you got to know that. See, you don't. You, you a, a bad marriage becomes a good marriage only because of work. A good marriage only becomes a great marriage because of work. But I want to tell you this morning, you cannot buy the lie that you can't have a great marriage. See, I ain't getting no help there. Uh, you can't buy the lie that your family's always going to be as jacked up as it is right now. You've got to recognize that if you're willing to put in the hard, consistent work, that God can step in, that he will turn some things. See, a, a difficult family life only turns around through hard work. Now, some of you are sitting here thinking, this ain't for me. I, I'm not even married yet. I ain't never been married. I want to get married. In fact, I, I'd like, Pastor, if you could get all the single guys to hold up their hand, I might pick me one right now. I, or, uh, or, or, or maybe you're sitting here and you say, you know what? I've already been through this marriage thing. I, I, I'm like on my second and maybe even further than that. And, and I just can't figure this thing out. And it, 
Listen, regardless of where you are in this process, you've got to understand that God is involved in your life and He's caring about your life and He wants to get the things worked out so that as you move forward in the future, you don't repeat the mistakes of the past or you don't mistake, make mistakes going forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to help you right now. You've got to know that God cares. So any all this that we're going to talk about today that deals with marriage and family, even if your marriage is broken up, even if, if you've not been married, there's still truth in here you need to get. All right, so let's get on this thing. I want to take you into a passage of Scripture that's going to seem a little bit odd, but I need you to understand we're, this is how we're going to launch off of the, for this for launch off for this uh, this series. I want you to join me in in a kind of a lengthy passage of Scripture, but stay with me. Genesis chapter twenty. Genesis chapter twenty. I want to read the first eighteen verses and let's see if we can't learn a couple truths out of this. Here we go. Abraham traveled from there south to Negev and settled down between Kadesh and Shur. And while he was camping in Gerar, Abraham said of his wife Sarah, she's my sister. This is a messed up family, by the way. She was, that, that's partially true. You'll find out here in just a minute. She was his half-sister. And so they basically told a lie. All right, so, so, so stay with me now. Some of you are all messed up right now, but... You know, some family trees do kind of go more straight up than others. I don't understand all that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, different point. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream that night and told him, You're as good as dead. That woman you took, she's a married woman. Now Abimelech had not yet slept with her, hadn't so much as touched her. And he said, Master, would you kill an innocent man? Didn't he tell me she's my sister? And didn't she herself say, he is my brother? I had no idea I was doing anything wrong when I did this. God said to him in the dream, yes, I know your intentions were pure. That's why I kept you from sinning against me. I was the one who kept you from going to bed with her. So now give the man's wife back to him. He's a prophet and he will pray for you, pray for your life. If you don't give her back, know that it's certain death both for you and everyone in your family. That, that's no dream. That's a nightmare. Uh, Abimelech was up first thing in the morning, and he called all of his house servants together, and he told them the whole story, and they were shocked. Then Abimelech called in Abraham and said, What have you done to us? What have I ever done to you that you would bring on me and my kingdom this huge offense? What you've done to me ought never to have been done. And Abimelech went on to Abraham, Whatever were you, whatever were you thinking of when you did this thing? We're going to come back to that statement right there. Abraham said, I just assumed that there was no fear of God in this place and that they'd kill me to get my wife. Besides, the truth is, she's my half-sister. She's my father's daughter, but not my mother's. Jerry Springer. Uh, when God sent out... Sorry. When God... Wow. When God sent me out as a wanderer from my father's home, I told her, do me a favor, wherever we go, tell, tell people that I'm your brother. Then Abimelech saw Sarah, or then Abimelech gave Sarah back to Abraham, and along with her sent sheep and cattle and servants, both male and female. And he said, "My land is open to you; live wherever you wish." And to Sarah he said, "I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. That clears you of even a shadow of suspicion. Before the eyes of the world, you're vindicated." Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his maid servants. And they started having babies again, for God had shut down every womb in Abimelech's household on account of Sarah, 
Abraham's wife. Now, I could preach a message right here, and I'm not going to do it, so I'm just going to give you this one for free. I, have pre I sound like a broken record whenever I even start talking about how your choices and decisions don't just impact you, they impact everybody around you. Because of Abraham and Sarah's stupidity on this decision right here, it impacted an entire king's household where they couldn't even have babies. And you think what you do on Friday night don't matter? To I said I wasn't going to preach that message. That's a different message. So let me tell you two things about modern families that we need to know. I, I think I've noticed something that is happening that concerns me, uh, that is illustrated in this account. The Bible says that in essence, it doesn't word it just like this, but I think I could make this statement and I think you would agree. Abraham literally gives his marriage away. See, oh, I knew it was, see, y'all were shouting until just a few seconds ago and now you're concerned. See, uh, Abraham makes up his mind that, that, it, that he, he's going to take this step and he literally gives his marriage and his family away. Uh, now, now, listen, if, if Abraham was standing here today and you ask Abraham to explain, I want to tell you that I believe with all of my heart, I can't prove it, but I, I want to I tell you that I think Abraham could stand here and explain his actions and make them sound logical. Uh, you don't understand. See, y'all don't judge me. Y'all don't know that my wife was hot. And, and, and this king has the ability and the authority to kill me to get to my wife. And so Sarah must have looked really good. Y'all just don't understand how hot she was. She was fine. He was going to kill me. And so to save myself, I, you, you, the only thing I could come up with, I didn't know, I, my, 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 the wheels were broken on my chariot. I couldn't take her out of the country. And so we're going to have to live right there. And so what I did was, what happened is, what, 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 what happened was, he could make it sound really logical. When you would hear him tell it, it made sense. Yeah. The excuses always sound logical. But that doesn't mean that just because they sound logical that they're good or right. See, my concern is, is that what I see happening now is that we continue to commit the same mistakes and falter the same way. We point fingers at Abraham and say you were a fool for giving your marriage and your family away, but how many of us make logical excuses and we give every day, we give our marriage and we give our families away? I'm preaching. I'm telling you right now, we make choices and decisions with our time. We make choices and decisions, daily choices and decisions with our efforts and with our energies and with our attention and with our money. And we do things that literally give our families and our marriages away. And we can make excuses that sound right. Let me, let, me, let me see if I, I had to make a living. You don't understand, Steve. I know I didn't spend any time with my kids like in nine months, but, but that's all right. You don't understand. I had to make a living. I'm doing this for them. Sounds good. Sounds logical, but that don't make it right. I, 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 you don't understand. I just couldn't let anybody hurt me anymore. I had to do me. I'm sick of hearing that one. I had to do me. You gave up you when you said, I do. It's getting tight in here now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I need space. I just need some space. Then you shouldn't have got married. You shouldn't have had those 19 kids. You ain't getting no space with 19 kids, much less one kid. But it sounds right. It sounds good. I, I, I. We just grew apart. 
baloney. That's a lie. I heard the word malarkey used this week. I think it's more appropriate here. That's a bunch of malarkey. I didn't say he used it right. I just said he used it. That's crazy talk. We just grew apart. No, you didn't. I think somebody talked about this one, so I'm not going to stay here. This is one of those ones. We, my, my family's part, falling apart because I'm just too busy. Yeah. It's the result of everyday daily choices that causes us to literally give our family and give our marriage away. We trade it in. We kick it to the curb. See, Abraham made excuses, but the truth is he still put his family at risk. I I, got to ask you, what would have happened if God hadn't given this king this dream? What if he didn't hear from God? What if Abimelech was so attracted to Sarah that he went ahead and went through with the deal? I can tell you what would happen. First of all, all of Abimelech's family would have died. That's scripture. I think Abraham would have died because I think when the servants woke up and saw all the king's household dead they would have gone on the war path and killed Abraham for what Abraham the calamity that Abraham had brought into the king's house yeah 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 what would it have cost what would the see oh by the way just a thought here this isn't the first time Abraham pulled this stunt you can go back to Genesis chapter 12 And the Bible says that Abraham travels to Egypt to get food during a famine. And they're starving to death. And he's afraid that the Pharaoh will will kill him to get to Sarah. And guess what he says? She's my sister. Truth. Listen, truth right here. What you give away once is easier to give away the second. I need to help you this morning. See, some of you felt guilty the first time you and your spouse started to put distance between. Oh, I'm helping somebody right now. You felt guilty the first time, but now y'all ain't talking six months. But you're all right. You don't even think about it. You just go through, I'm just, I'm just living my life. Some of you have had intimacy breakdown with your children, and they don't even know you anymore. And the first day, the first week, the first time, it bothered you, but now... You don't even give pause or second thought to the fact that there's distance there. Months, some of you can go months without interaction. Some of you have gone months without meaningful conversation. How's the weather? You got my food ready? Is the laundry done? Did you get the gas in the car? But yeah, did you have any meaningful conversation? Some of you have gone months with no meaningful conversation. Some of you have gone months without intimacy, and there's no second thought or pause. What you give away the first time is easier to give away the second time. And after the second time, the third time is really easy. See, Abraham literally put his wife and his family at great risk to save his own neck. I wonder how many of us are putting our spouse and putting our families at great risk to make us feel better, to make us feel successful, to make us feel fulfilled, attractive, wanted, or needed. See, I am convinced that a lot of us run away from home and we never leave the house. Y'all didn't get that. Some of us have run away from home, but you still live in the same house. See, some of us really desperately need to have an Abraham moment. I I, I just want to encourage you this morning that some of us need, desperately need an Abimelech in our lives. 
We need somebody to look us square in the eye and say what Abimelech said to Abraham. Have you lost your stinking mind? That's what he says. What were you thinking when you did this thing? We need, you got to have somebody in your life on the outside looking in that examines your family, examines your marriage, and has the, 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 the right at any given moment to step in and say, what were you thinking when you did that thing? What were you thinking when you took that extra job and now your kids never see you? What were you thinking? You've lost your mind. I'm trying to help you. What were you thinking? Were, were the goosebumps that you got when you flirted just a little bit really worth destroying the trust level with your spouse? Was it really? What? Are you crazy? Well, I didn't, it didn't amount to nothing. We just went to lunch together. Can I use that malarkey word again? You're crazy. You need somebody that can look you in the eye and say, you are nuts. And not only that, you're an idiot. I mean, we need folks that can look at us straight in the eye and say, you're an idiot. You're, you're doing stupid stuff, and you're going to pay the price. I mean, re really? What was, was looking at that, na that, that fake body on the screen really worth the self-esteem issues you're going to cause her? Really? That was really worth it? I'm preaching. Uh, was it really? Oh, I know you feel good now because you went out and bought the stuff, and now you feel complete and whole. But was it really worth the fact that now he's sitting at his desk going crazy, looking at all the receipts, going, I don't have enough money to pay for all this, and, and, I, and we're going to lose everything, and you're keeping him up at night because he's scared to death that you're going to lose everything because you had to go to the mall? What are you thinking? You lost your mind. We need somebody that can come along and correct us. If you don't have anybody in your life that will do that, you need to look around you and find a relationship that you have some respect for, knowing that it's not perfect, but knowing that at least they're further along than you are, and say, I give you permission to walk right smack dab in the middle of my stupidity and go, you're being dumb. And we alter course. See? We give our marriage and families away one choice, one assumption, one selfish moment at a time. I need you to understand something this morning. Abraham is the living example of this truth, and we need to catch it. Selfishness will destroy your marriage, and selfishness will destroy any family. One selfish moment. That's why we are told to prefer one another over ourselves. That's why the husband is told to love their wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. We are to... to to see one another different, where we're no longer, listen, your right to be selfish ended. You don't have any rights anymore. I'm preaching. I said, yeah. No rights. I like that. Maybe we ought to make a t-shirt that I ain't got no rights and, have all, and make all the men wear them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, everybody needs to wear that shirt. That's right. See, we give our marriages and our families away. We, we want to ridicule and point our fingers of judgment at Abraham and say, you were dumb. And we do the same exact stuff. Now, let me, let me tell you the second thing I get out of this story because here's where the hope comes in. I want you to notice something. I'm not sure Abraham knew he'd done anything wrong. I, he must have, you know, 
he must not have been the brightest tool in the shed or the sharpest tool in the drawer or whatever, how they were. He was one french fry short of happy meal. I don't know. He, he didn't recognize that he had done something stupid, apparently. And Abimelech didn't know he had done something stupid. But I want you to catch this. God can and will give your marriage and your family back. That's what this story says, is that even in light of making stupid decisions, Abraham made a dumb decision. Anybody other than the men in the house, uh, made a, no, and plus the men in the house, made any stupid decisions in relationships before? Yeah, 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 yeah. But God, in his great love, I want you to catch this. You've got to know this. There are, I, I know, listen, this is not profound. I know we know this. I know that we know, but sometimes we know some things that we know, and we don't really know what we know. In other words, we know, but we don't live our life like we know. We, don't, we, we believe it's true for everybody else but us. What you got to know is this, is that God in his great love for our marriages and for our families, will, if he did it for Abraham, he can do it for us. And that is this, he will step in and he will restore your relationship. God gives Abimelech a command. He says, give him his wife back. And I just came to encourage you this morning, in spite of all the dumb decisions you've made, in spite of all the pain that you've inflicted on one another, in spite of all the, the bad things that have gone on, I just came to tell somebody in the room this morning that God is still in the business of giving that kind of command today. He still has the authority to step in and say, listen, give him that love back. Give them their trust back. Give them their desire back. Give them their family back. Give them their marriage back. God can still do that. you got to know that. See, if God can step in and deal with a heathen, although he was an upright king, he was a heathen, and he can instruct him to restore the marriage, then he can step in in the middle of our today, and he can override your work schedule, and he can override your lust, and he can override your laziness, and he can override your anger, and he can override your pain, and he can and he will turn everything around that needs to be altered to get you and your marriage and your family back on track. If, now there's an important word, two-letter word, if, if you will allow him to. I, I just want to tell you this, this morning, here's your hope. A damaged marriage doesn't have to equate a doomed marriage. See, some of y'all sitting here right now, like all cuddled up real cute. Y'all do that at church. And then you get home and you fight like cats and dogs and you cuss one another out, and you're going, where did that come? I heard y'all say, I heard you singing, now, great is our God, and greatly to be praised, and now you cussing me? What? Are you crazy? No, you can't be the one. But you got to know that just because your marriage is damaged, some of you carrying around a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. There have been words that have been cut passed back and forth and some accusations made and some anger flares and decisions made and your marriage is damaged. But hear me this morning, the good news is just because it's damaged, that don't mean it's doomed. God can step in 
just because your family is broken. Broken. Doesn't mean it has to be busted. There's, yeah, there's fallout, and I get it, I get it. But what you've got to understand is that God still has the ability to bind up the broken and turn hopeless situations around. And not only that, this is why I love this story, not only that, y'all get this now, God did this and made it better than it was before. Oh, you don't think it was better than it was before? Now Abraham's got a 1,000 silver coins in his pocket. Thank you very much. Abraham's now got some new servants, male and female. He got some whole new flocks to deal with. He made a dumb decision. He played the fool. He gave his wife away. And God, somehow, some way, that's just what God does. He made it better than it was before the mistake. And I just came to tell somebody this morning that your marriage may not be what you thought it was going to be, and your family may not be where you thought it would be at this point, but God has this ability to step in and turn it around and make it better than it ever has been. In fact, I love this. God not only gives Abraham his wife back, he gives her back untouched. Maybe that ought to be the prayer. We, maybe, maybe we ought to begin to pray over our spouses. God, give me my husband back untouched. Y'all, y'all ain't getting it. Maybe, maybe we ought to be praying for our wife. Well, God, I, I, uh, give me my wife back untouched. Give me my kids back unmarked, unscathed, unscarred by society. God, give them back to me. I know they're, what, they're fighting and they're, and they're running away from what I've tried to teach them and they're not living like I want to. But God, please, God, please give them back to me untouched. Give me my marriage back untouched. Give me my family back untouched. God can restore your marriage and it can be better. God can give you right in the midst of stupid decisions and hurtful words He can bring the health back to your family. God can overturn all the evil and make it good. This passage reveals something that I want you to get, and then I'll get out of your way. It reveals to us God's level of commitment to our families. That's what this passage reveals. It shows us, now stay with me, that even on the days I can't trust her commitment to my family, I can trust God. And on the days that she can't trust my commitment to our family, she can just go, I just rest in this fact, my husband is an idiot. But I know that you are completely and totally committed to us. If some of you would ever learn that fact, you wouldn't have to nag anymore. Uh-huh, I got right in your wheelhouse, didn't I? Yeah, I, you wouldn't have to complain anymore. You wouldn't have to compare them to all the other people anymore because you would suddenly recognize that even on your worst day, God is so committed to your relationship that he will move heaven and earth and wake up an evil, uh, a, a, a heathen king and give him a nightmare if he has to and speak restoration into your life. In other words, he's actively involved. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'll talk to you about work. Are you are you here? Are you listening? I've told you you got to work, right? But you also need to know that God 
is on the job too. Yes, you have your part to do, but God is working on you too. So this is what I want you to hear me say today is this, is God can protect your marriage and your family even in the midst of bad choices. God can bless your family right in the middle of a mistake. Some of you have made some mistakes, but God can still move in right in the middle of your mistake. And even, listen to me this morning, even if you feel like you're stuck in a rut, even if your relationship is not what you thought it would be or should be, even though pain has been inflicted and hope seems hopeless, right in the middle of your modern family, hear me this morning, right in the midst of your modern family, there is an ancient but timeless God that can step into the mix and give it all back to you and make it what he wants it to be.
Just stand with me this morning. Some of you are living, you don't want anybody to know it, but you're living in that type of contrast right there. Everybody around you thinks that you've got it all together, but there's this giving away. The hands that could heal now bruise the poison and the wine mixture. The 
division. And I just believe that what God has done today is He worked it all out so that maybe the first step of healing could be today. I didn't say there wouldn't be hard work afterwards, and I didn't say there wouldn't be weeks and weeks and weeks of trying to work things out in your family. I just know that I believe that God brought you here this morning to help you to take the first step. I wished I could stand up here and say that uh, Julie and my family and our relationship is perfect. That would be a lie. We have our days. We have our weeks. We've probably even had some months. But I know this. God is so committed to our relationship that even when I do stupid stuff, He steps in. I just came to tell you this morning that if you're here and you say, Steve, that's me, man, I... We feel like we're losing it one day at a time, one step at a time. I'm not saying you're headed to divorce court or anything like that. I'm just saying that it's tough right now. I know you're smiling in here, but at home it's tough. I just believe that the Father was so committed to your family that He just worked it out so that you could be here today. Y'all know our heart. We would never embarrass you, but at the same time, I believe that you need somebody in your life that would believe for you when you can't believe. Some of you have experienced so much pain you can't believe anymore, but I would just say to you, God can do it. And we want to be that couple to you if we can. We're going to do it this way, and I know this may seem like it could be embarrassing, but that's not the intent. No, our heart, our intent is to just be prayer partners for you. If you're here and you need special prayer this morning for your marriage or for your family, maybe your kids are acting crazy, you don't know what to do. I'm just asking you to take the first step to healing this morning and asking you just to step out from where you are and make your way down here quickly. And we just simply want to pray over you and just join our faith together. So if you're here and that's you this morning, would you just step out? Maybe it's the very first step to your healing. Guys, we want y'all to come. They, they're getting ready to get married this weekend, next weekend, or this coming weekend. And so we definitely want to pray over them. But maybe you've been here and you've been for a while and you need God to break in and fix some stuff man if you didn't need to fix some stuff you ain't been married very long if you didn't need to fix some stuff you haven't had a family for very long you just need God to step in and change some things and we've all been there we all know what that's like and so this is how we're going to do this this morning as they continue to play Julie and I are just going to lay hands on these individually and pray but I, I, I just believe that some of you that have lived through those days and know what it's like. You need to join your faith with these folks that were brave enough to step out. And I just want you to stretch your hands this way. And we're not going to take a long time, but I just want you to help us pray this morning and ask the Holy Spirit to do some healing this morning. Amen. Would you pray with us? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.